Great news, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. I just want to let you know that we have finally released our second book, 15 Conversations with Real Estate Millionaires. This book was written with you in mind. I wanted to capture 15 unique stories of different investors starting at different stages and doing different things. This book is just that. It's nearly 300 pages of motivation, of confirmation, and reminders that yes, you too can do this thing. Check it out on Amazon, and of course, have a great day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And as you can see, it is the three amigos. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing awesome. Super excited for number three. And Dion, how are you? Howdy, guys. I'm doing great. Ready for round three. I look forward to these questions from your private Facebook group. Yep, folks, if you don't know, uh, we have a private Facebook group for anybody who purchased the real estate course, How to Get Started One Rental at a Time, link below $2.99, of which Matt and Dion have both graciously contributed. But you also get added, or at least have the access to get added to a private Facebook group that is free and nearly a thousand members strong. So uh, actually so over 2000 students in the course and almost a thousand members in the Facebook group. So uh, it is a lot of fun to see. So what we have here is a question that was essentially, what do, how do you know what property to burr versus flip? Uh, so I'll go to, let's go to Dion first. I, I don't think you've done either yet. No, and um, that's why I'm actually curious to see what your guys' answer is, is to this question. <laughs> My answer to that question would be, you don't do either until you have the portfolio that can support your mistakes with cash flow from other properties that have already taught you the baseline of how to invest. If with flipping or bird, there are so many points where you can make a mistake knowing your after repair value. And mm. a really common mistake that a lot of people make that I'm making a video on that I just had a lender correct for me is if you're doing a purchase of a property, the appraised value will be very close to the purchased offer because the appraiser has an in-hand offer for that amount. Mm -hmm. And the appraisal is based on current comps. If you are doing a cash out refinance mm -hmm. or a refinance from a burr or um, one of those other strategies, the appraiser is going to base their information off of six month old comps and they don't have an in-hand offer for the amount you're trying to pull out. Yep. So a lot of new investors mistakenly look at the comps and think that's what I'll be able to pull out instead of looking at where was property six months ago because that's where the appraiser is going to go. And a yeah. small concept like that can trip you up with burr or flip. So how do you choose either one? Are you trying to have a rental or do you have an episodical business where you're trying to create <coughs> lump sums of cash now that you're going to pay a lot of tax on? Mm -hmm. So to me, that's what would determine between burr and flip is not so much the property, but what is my end goal? Very cool. And Matt, how about you? Yeah, for me, it's all about what my exit strategy is, right, with that property. So the exit strategy, you know, burr or flip is a lot of times I'll flip single families because they don't cash flow well here because okay. um, of high state taxes. And so the evaluation process is always, what can I make on this in, in a rental? What mm -hmm. can I make on this on a one time? If I do the one time, it is going to be a 1031 exchange. Right. If I do the 1031 exchange, then what is that then going to turn into? And is there any inventory in the market that I can buy where I'm not basically buying something just for the sake of buying something and actually not getting the deal that I need to get? Yeah. So, and especially when on some of these deals, you can make a few hundred thousand dollars. Well, guess what? That's not going to be one 
exchange, especially in a more expensive property, it's going to right. be a 1031 that you're going one to many, you know, and you can do that to one, two, three, four yeah. deals. Absolutely. So. Yeah. The thing that I would tell people when I get questions like this is I know before I write the offer, a lot of people write the offer, close the deal and then decide it's too mm -hmm. late. You're the owner yeah. at that point. Yep. Right. So I know that I know the minute I hit the DocuSign on signing the offer, what the intention is, I'm going to burr this, I'm going to flip this, I'm going to uh, buy and hold. Right. Because all of those decisions, again, going back to what I teach is what I built into my spreadsheet. Right. right? I don't write something unless I know it's a good or great deal. That's right. So I'm not right. I'm writing an offer because it's going to be a buy and hold. I'm writing an offer because it's going to be a burr. I'm writing an offer because it's going to be a flip. And I do all of them at different times. Right. And, um, that's the thing I think a lot of people miss. And you are so right, Dion. 75% of the people that burr the first time get the appraisal wrong. And the appraisal is the exit. That's and right. if you have hard money or you borrowed from grandma or grandpa or your next door neighbor's Coming mailman, across. oh, good luck with that conversation. Oh, I'm sorry. You gave me 80 grand. Well, here's 71. I'll give you the other nine someday in the future. Right. That, that does not end well. And yeah, um, where a delay like that, when you're a few years in and you have cash flowing properties, you have the ability to generate the cash flow to, to cover the gap. Yeah. And in the beginning, it's an investing killer. Later, it just delays you some. Yeah. And again, I got to go back to our first story with Norris Drive, which you guys have heard, right? That episode that we had would have killed 95 to 98% of investors. They would have never done it again. Thankfully, we were one of the two to 5% that it didn't kill. And we, it, it's all rainbows and unicorns from there. But that first event was bad. Most people do a bad burr or, or lose money on the first flip. They never come back. Yep. Yep. So there's a question for both of you. Hmm. It's fairly easy to contact somebody and say, hey, I'd like to do a deal deep delve in a successful purchase that you did recently. They're usually very welcome to share their story. How do we find people who tried it fell flat on their face and don't even want to tell their friends and family, let alone come on a podcast and say, hey, here's the massive mistake that I made. But I think somehow those stories need to be shared too. Chapter, th chapter 13 <laughs> of my book has a story yeah. about an investor who tried to do a cheap buy and hold, lost his ass, didn't buy another piece of real estate for a decade, and then became a wholesaler flipper and is doing great. But his one deal with no... He bought it because it was cheap, cost him a decade of his life. Chapter that's what people need to know. A yeah. mistake like that on a risky, right. a risky strategy like Burr or Flip, instead of the very simple strategy of buying a place that's pretty close to rent ready or already occupied, doesn't need a rehab. So you don't have to figure out that mm -hmm. timeline or how to find a contractor or estimating costs and getting a rental in place so that you learn the basics of how do I find and screen tenants? Where do I get my lease from? What are the ways I'm going to collect rent? Do I have a handyman? How do I use things like the Thumbtack app? Get all those basics out of the way and then start branching out into not dangerous, but advanced strategies. Advanced strategies, right. Thank you. Very yeah. cool. You don't have to beat around the bush, Dion. If you want to talk about somebody about failure, just give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> my first couple, I mean, I was literally afraid, you know, like, 
I've, you know, obviously done help some people and they're looking at it and they're like, yes, we could just knock out this wall. No, 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 you're not knocking out walls, Lara Killer. Like this is an HGTV. Yeah, you see that beam right there? Yeah, exactly. That's kind of important. Just take a sledgehammer to it. I'm going to watch, but I'm going to stand outside. I'm going outside. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I mean, some of that stuff for me, I was such a chicken. Like I, everything, the first few that we did, had the first uh, two, yeah, the first like two, three we did were pure lipstick. They were paint, they were some flooring. They were very, very, very simple, you know, very easy, very straightforward stuff. And then we got more bold and we're like, okay, this one clearly needs more. Now, the nice thing is, is that when you get to that part of the market, there's fewer and fewer and fewer people that would do a deal that needs that much work. But I rather take a D than a C because I just bought a D, a D, the D that I just bought was awesome. And the reason it was awesome was because it was already shredded. Yeah, exactly. I don't got to do trash out. Yeah, exactly. It was already crap. And so it's like, I hate actually ruining something that's like a C where it's like, Uh, but but I'm like, eh, no one, I wouldn't live here. And that's kind of our rule is if I won't live in it, I won't rent it. And so, yeah, so we just, you know, then that was the kind of deal that we did, but that's, again, it was a maturation process. And I remember like the first time when we ripped open a wall and I didn't see white pine studs, I saw rough sawn beams. I'm like, oh my word. Oh, not good. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, this isn't sheetrock. Why is it coming off in these like chunks of like cement? And then, yeah, I didn't even know it was plaster at the time. And then it was like, and then there's like little pieces of wood behind it, which is lathe board. Yeah, I know it all now, but I was just like, and the amount of trash that that creates, oh, like I went everywhere. through five 40 yard dumpsters on one job. Yeah. And if it were sheetrock, it would have been one. Yeah. Been, yeah. yeah. Oh my word. Yeah. yeah. So I'll talk about failure all day long. I got plenty. There you go. <laughs> well, Dion, how can people find you? Right here on YouTube, Dion Talk Financial Freedom and in the Bigger Pockets Facebook groups. I always try to answer every question that comes my way. Look them up. And Matt? Lumberjacklandlord.com, Lumberjacklandlord on YouTube and 1130 Eastern time. This Sunday, not a five-hour live Couple stream hours. or six either. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so we'll be there to answer some folks' questions. Last week we had probably like thirty people come and just a lot of fun questions, and it, awesome. it was it was a blast giving people some tips and tricks. And yeah, happy. I hope more people take. Work. I hope more people do the work and actually just pretend. Yeah, honey, we're gonna sell the home. We're gonna walk away with two hundred thirty thousand dollars. We're gonna buy yeah. a fourplex. We're gonna live for free, and we're gonna have one hundred fifty grand in the bank, ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, Mike, there's a guy doing it and he's 58. That's what I hear. He's 58. Dude, you're 50 years old. Why not do this? I don't understand. Yeah, he's yeah. 58. And I'm like, dude, awesome. Awesome. Like in 10 years, he might be 68, just based on the math. Yeah, but usually but- he's either 58 or 68 or dead. <laughs> that's that's how time two. works yeah, exactly so but the fantastic thing is is that he's gonna be freeing and giving exactly. him the ability to live in multiple areas like god bless him like this is what people need to be jumping and grabbing a hold of totally agree thanks guys look forward to uh dion session oh thanks, you, you want to say something ciao yeah. okay. ciao not today but not today <laughs>